Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Wow, she's eating pizza on the street. Just like me. Hey, he's got a pizza too. Yeah, we're breaking convention. Gotta respect it. Big respect. If I'm hungry, I'm gonna have a taste. This guy knows what I'm talking about. She's gonna have indigestion. I'm gonna have indigestion. I'll give her a little wave. Oh, he's giving me a wave. I should give him a little wink. Hope he doesn't take it the wrong way. Nah, he knows it's a pizza wink. Oh yeah, little pizza wink. Classy. I'm on cloud nine. This is lovely. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Monday, January 30th, 2023. I'm J.E. Skeets, back in the Classic Factory, and alongside me, as always, that's Tass Mellis. Podcast listeners, this is for you. Next to Tassie is the bearded woman, Top Shot Hot Boy, Trey Kirby. Hey-o! Hey-o! And last but not least, making the magic happen, super producer, J.D. Hello. There he is. Here we are, J.D. How was uh, the trip to Memphis with the boys? Oh, it was incredible. Yeah? International Blues Challenge. Uh, They had no business being there (laughs) at all. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Out of their league? They were way out of their league. It was like if the Savannah Bananas showed up at the World Series. (laughs) So entertaining. Very entertaining. (laughs) I was very entertained. but uh, By everybody else. I was. I thought they did a great job, <laughs> but you know, it's a blues challenge, and uh, you guys, you, you have some really serious musicians, <laughs> and they, they were incredible. Blew me away, and oh, then and then Mongo Mongo Pretty gets up and and does uh, pour some sugar on me in the middle <laughs> of a blues festival. So. Uh, I loved it. Right. Uh, people loved it. Actually, there was like uh, a nice reprieve. It was like a palate cleanser. Yeah, they're like, oh, know? I'm tired of all this blues. Like, God like, damn it, let's get some happiness in here. Uh, so it was great. Yeah, okay. it was fun. All right, well, welcome back. Great to have everybody Thank here. You. Shout out to the stream team joining us live on YouTube. We love it. Like the vid. Subscribe if you haven't. Comment away. Get your No Dunks merch over at nodunks.com for your hoodies and your t-shirts and your mugs and whatever else we got up there. Get your tickets to our No Dunks live show in Salt Lake City. It is coming up. It's right around the corner. It's almost February. It, I, I said January 30th, but it's starting to feel like January 87th. <laughs> it already <laughs> feels like February to me. Yeah, right? So yeah, uh, February 17th, Friday night, 8 p.m. at the Urban Lounge. Uh, no Dunks live. We can't wait. It's been three years since we've done a live show, so we're going to have a lot, a lot of fun that night. The tickets to buy, uh, that link is available in the show notes here on YouTube or uh, in the podcast description as well. So just click on that, get your ticket. If you live in Salt Lake City or the area, or you're going for All-Star Weekend. And hey, once you're done with today's classic, I'm already calling it a classic, uh, check out the brand new episode of Is This Good? With these two rapscallions. (laughs) Yeah, Tass and Trey joining Matty O and JD to debate non-consensual Venmo requests, (laughs) uh, correcting your friends... Uh, the classic Schumann hashtag, well, actually, I guess, and bribing uh, bribing bouncers to skip a line. Those are just a few of the topics that you guys uh, got into um, as we just straight up disappeared or our monitor oh. went out. Wow. Uh, yeah. 
Who knows? You know what's, you know what's been was, going on? That was nice. Uh, see, this I guy was... hasn't been he hasn't been pressing the ones yeah, and twos impressive. lately. It's all that. Ashwa. Ashwa's yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah. That was a nice fade to black. Yeah, I gotta admit. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> it was very dramatic. <laughs> Thank you and good night. Yeah. <laughs> I, did, I did not know if our monitor went out or you literally I, just uh, decided the show was over. Yeah. I was wondering what that button did. Now <laughs> I know. Yeah. FTP. FTB is what it says. So there you go. Fade oh, to black. Yeah. Fade to black. <laughs> <laughs> It checks out. Uh, right. So, is this good? Uh, it's available now, actually, um, on YouTube, wherever you download and listen to podcasts. Just search for "Is This Good," Matteo, and uh, hear the guys debate some of these topics. That was a fun show. You had a good one. I, I, I haven't listened. I was yet. fun. I had a good one with you too. I had a good one with yeah, you that's, too. How, that's how that smiley picture turned out so good. Of us. Really good. I did see next that. to each other, cheesing. Did you take that day of? We took that right after. We mm-hmm. had such a good show. We're like. Let's capture this moment to promote it to the people. Oh, excellent. Well, great. Okay, uh, NBA weekend winners and losers here on a Monday podcast. But before we do that, we had a bunch of wedgies to show everyone. Uh, three of them over the weekend. We had two on Friday night. Grayson Allen got it started with like mm. the little fadeaway mid-range jumper. Good one. Yeah, it's a wedgie. You gotta like it, even though it's Grayson Allen. You just gotta like it. <laughs> That's right. Uh, then SGA. This was like minutes later, if I remember correctly. Maybe ten minutes later, uh, he got fouled. But it was on the shot attempt, so we count that one. Nice close-up there. Yeah, oh. short shorts, always like he's got a wedgie X. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and then on Saturday, I want to say this is maybe the deepest uh, shot attempt to result in a wedgie of the season. Eric Gordon far out there from yeah. the three-point line, and he stuck it hard. So that's uh, 31 wedgies on the season. Come in bunches, as we always say. And, uh, yeah, the pace now, it's uh, ticked back up to 52. So good yep. stuff there. Three wedgies on the weekend. Okay, but let's get to our winners of the NBA weekend. We're going to start with Trey Kirby. I feel like there are a number of nominees, a number of directions we could go. Where do you want to start? There are a number of nominees, but everybody knows who the winner of this weekend is. It's Joel Embiid because he took Statement Saturday to a new level (laughs) on Saturday. Joel Embiid had a matchup with Nikola Jokic. First time they're going head-to-head this season, and you could tell that Embiid had this one circled. Outplayed Jokic pretty soundly. In a big national TV spot, 47 points, 18 rebounds, 5 assists, 3 steals, 2 blocks. Sixers were down 15 at halftime. After half, Embiid had an entire game. 28 points, 7 rebounds, 3 assists. You know, prior to 2023, that's an incredible full game right there. But this is the best kind of stuff you can get in the regular season. Two MVP candidates who actually care and who are actually trying to make a point. Embiid was attacking from the jump. I thought Jokic was too. He took the first shot for Denver. Embiid comes right back and won on Jokic for the first Sixers possession. He stayed in attack mode all night. He was using the speed advantage, I thought. I thought it was a kind of a point to play downhill in the pick and roll rather than the short roll that Embiid usually goes for. If Jokic laid off of him, that easy mid-range jumper from Embiid was money, but if Jokic stepped out, it was a blow-by from Embiid. Had the sick crossover to a reverse dunk in the third quarter. Could have been a nothing highlight that we just kind of gloss over and mention, but Embiid just kept going into the fourth quarter. Eventually got an MVP moment, hitting the step-back three to give him 47 points. I had a weird experience with this over the weekend because I watched the game on Saturday. Didn't have a chance to listen to Zach Lowe's podcast with Ramona Shelburne until yesterday on Sunday, and at the end of that, they're talking about previewing this game and how important it is to Embiid to have an MVP moment because Jokic had one against him last season. Yeah, He went out there and he did it. And that was awesome uh, to see him hit that last three to give him um, 47 points. And 
maybe change the conversation a little bit around these guys. That being said, the game changer in this game was P.J. Tucker. P.J. P.J. Tucker guarding Nikola Jokic in the second half. Joel Embiid basically getting to Rome and just messed things up at the rim. He was there as a great rim protector. The rebounding was nice. They were definitely throwing off Jokic's rhythm, baiting him into turnovers. In the Mm -hmm. second half, Jokic went 2 of 5, scored 8 points, had 4 assists, and 6 turnovers. You don't see that from Big Honey all that often. So, incredible game from Joel Embiid, and definitely one that people will remember if he goes on to win the MVP at the end of the season. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Doc Rivers to make that change there in the second half. P.J. Tucker, 6-5, going against Nikola Jokic. And, yeah, I, th- I think he, they just made – that move just made everybody a little bit more bouncy with the Sixers. They were just – they are watching ready instead of just allowing Joel Embiid to guard Jokic. Embiid was ready to pounce. I mean, he was – you could see him. He was bouncing back and forth. He was guarding Aaron Gordon in the corner. And – Jokic, yeah, I think he was just sort of caught in between. Should I shoot? I mean, I am literally seven inches taller than this guy. I, <laughs> right. could, I could just shoot. But he only shot five times, as you said there, Trey. He was two of four when Tucker was the, the primary defender on him. And it was clear, uh, as you said, um, he was ready to make a statement. Yes. <laughs> that was very, very clear. And I think when we talk about Rivals Week, this one, this game kind of, you know, kind of, you know, floated under the radar because you don't think of the Sixers versus the Nuggets as rivals. But this was obviously put on Saturday because Jokic got to go up against Embiid, the yeah. two-time MVP. And like his teammate, Embiid, two-time runner-up MVP, just like James Harden. And eventually he won it. And I'm sure Embiid uh, wants to win one, whether it's this year or next year. But uh, whatever, whatever he tells you, like after the game. You know, classics, classic stuff. I'm not, I'm not trying to destroy uh, Nikola Jokic out there. Obviously. They respect each other. Though. That's why I like. Oh, they do. Matchup these yeah, two. Embiid respects Jokic. He respects yeah. Giannis in, in all their, uh, all his interviews. But he wanted to kill him. Yeah, that's for sure. And yeah. that, that's what made it. That's what made it fun. It was, Rivals Week. A oh. success. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'm, I'm going to get to that a little bit later here. Rivals Week was incredible. I wish every week was Rivals Week in the NBA. Um, so does Embiid. Yeah, right. I know. <laughs> That's perfect for him. Man, yeah. Um, this, too. I love that it was that Saturday marquee game, you know, the lone game on at that time at a 3 p.m. Eastern start, I guess. And uh, these two going at it. And them coming back, Philly, and the, and the nice coaching move there from Doc putting P.J. Uh, squarely on Jokic in the second half. Harden doing his thing, too. Like, just another 17-13. and 13. You know, we were debating. Like, is this guy going to make the all-star team? Is he Is he obviously played enough? Is he deserving? I mean, they're 20-4, and four, the Sixers are, in their last 24 games. 20-4. and four, And correct me if I'm wrong, when we did our tiers uh, podcast a couple weeks ago, or like, you know, maybe 10 days ago at this point, whatever it was, we did have Philly up in the championship contender tier, right? That's good. I think so. Because I feel like after this one, more people would be more inclined to also bump them up into that tier. I feel like they got the attention of a lot of people on that ABC game with Embiid's monster game, beating the best team in the West in the Nuggets with this streak that they have going there. So, hey, good job by us. And two and a half <laughs> games back of Boston. And I mention that because that increases Joel Embiid's chances of winning MVP if they get to that sure. to that one seed, which is it's not out of reach. No, not at all. By any means. Uh, great, great game, that one there on Saturday. Okay, what do you got for a win of the weekend? Well, then on Sunday, another guy who's won MVP – he went out against the Pelicans. Just a Sunday game. This is not part of Rivals Week. Rivals <laughs> no, Week. Rivals it ended week. on Saturday night. <laughs> it literally ended on Saturday. The NBA saying we're not going up against the NFL, AFC, NFC championship games. Smart, actually. But Giannis, 
he saw what happened with Joel. <laughs> he saw what happened with Jokic, and he said, "Don't you forget about me." <laughs> yeah. You think knows that song? Yeah. Last Finals MVP from the Eastern Conference. Right. Uh, yeah, I think it's. Would that song have played at Blues Fest? <laughs> I would say did no, you hear but... it? Uh, I did not hear it. Well, you never know. There's a lot of things. There's happening. a lot Pour of some venues, sugar on me. There's a lot of people playing. It's possible. You think it's Just possible wonder. that was played over the weekend? No, no I don't think it's don't possible. Think so. If anyone anyway. was going to play it, it was going to be my kids' band, and they did not play it. So. Right. Anyways, uh, 50 points from Yanis Dettkupa on Sunday versus the Pelicans. Ooh, he gave it uh, to Jonas Valanciunas. Uh, oh yeah. First, first couple minutes, just. Gave it to Jonas with a monstrous <laughs> dunk, and then you could see Jonas start to uh, start to back up and backpedal a little bit. Uh, but Jonas, but Giannis was giving it to Jonas. Giannis and Jonas going at each other. He started dancing around Jonas after that monstrous dunk on him with the with the Euro steps as he's wont to do. And then that made Jonas hesitant for sure. <laughs> he started bringing up the the ball off the board and started dancing and dribbling through everybody. He used the, the mid range. He used it all. He looked great. He had 44 late in this game, and he knocked down two three-pointers. That's not fair. Yes, <laughs> shouldn't be allowed to do that. Not. Yeah, he yeah. hit three threes in, in this game. He's only hit 29 threes this season. But all in all, he was Shaq out there to me. He was he was just he is the modern day Shaq, and that's why Shaq says Yanis is the man because he is relentless. That is the word. We talk about Joel Embiid. I was just he likes say, rivals. Is Embiid not the modern day Shaq in no. a weird way too. I Oppos- mean... He's Oppo. Shaq, Shaq, Shaq goes. I, I know Embiid obviously took t- took like Shaq took games off, you know, at times. Sure. So Embiid's got that, but Yanis is a little bit more fierce. You know, Embiid's a little more finesse. So the the fierce part, the going at the rim part, he 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 has added the finesse game. I don't want to just say the old James Harden line that that he said a few years ago. Oh, Yanis is just a guy who dunks all the time. If I was seven feet, I could do that. Mm-hmm. No, he's got incredible skills. Again, bringing it off the board, dancing around them. 20 of 26 in this game. 20 of 26, only seven free throws. So that's why he's the modern Shaq. He was seven of 12 from the line, just like Shaquille O'Neal used to do. Uh, he also had 13 and four assists, career-high 55 earlier this month. The good thing about Yanis and the Bucks, though, they haven't had a good offense all season. It's been dragging. Mainly because Giannis had to, had to carry the whole thing, uh, and, and Chris Middleton has been out. But 130 points in five of their last seven games—that's a nice number. Right. So they're they're starting to, to come along there, and yeah, Giannis wants to uh, let it be known that he he's pretty good too. He's still in the conversation. He's still at the table. Oh. Do we think Embiid has he's grabbed the menu at the MVP table from Jokic? That he's sort of in control at least in terms I don't of. Think so. uh, Ordering uh, an appetizer or two? I no? say no. No, you say no. So he's just squarely beside he's there. the kitchen. He's there. Okay. What do you think? I don't. I don't know. Uh, he's at least perusing the menu. He, he wants to shoulder. speak up. You know, you're thinking, yeah, we're gonna all be splitting dishes, but maybe Joel Embiid wants to order his own here because Sixers have been balling, hottest yeah. team in the league in the last 20 games. Embiid's leading the league in scoring. Yeah. Just had this monster game against Jokic. At least let him have the menu for five minutes. Yeah, here. that's yeah. What, yeah. Mm-hmm. Let him put in the order this week. Yeah, he's, he's he said, "Can I see that? Let me yeah. let me see that. Like, I trust you to order, but let me just see, and maybe yeah, we'll even want? call a we'll call a waiter over and and get some recommendations or yep. something like that." I, I'm with you on that. Right now, a lot of seasons still left, but Giannis is definitely at the table. <laughs> Guy goes out, throws up a fifty, no problem. Okay, I would like to give a winner of the weekend to the Minnesota Timberwolves. 
who uh, on Friday and Saturday night picked up two wins, solid wins. And they were very similar how they happened. Friday night, Anthony Edwards. He scores 13 of his 25 in the third quarter. That pivotal third quarter, you had Russell adding 19. They beat the Grizzlies by 11. Kyle Anderson, really special in that game. He had 23 points in 27 minutes. Then on Saturday night, Anthony Edwards scores 16 of his 34 in that pivotal third quarter. D'Angelo Russell adds 25. uh, And the Wolves hold on to the 117-110 victory over the pesky Kings, who made it a game, got back in it, but uh, the Wolves closed the door. And then in that one, it was Rudy Gobert, really, really special. He had 13-14 and 14 for Minnesota. The Wolves have won five of their last six. They're 11-4 and four in January, which is right there with the Sixers and Nuggets as the best teams in the uh, new calendar year. They're up to fifth in the Western Conference standings because it's so damn, you know, bunched up. I think uh, one game separates... The fourth seed from the ninth seed. One game. It's that tight. But Minnesota, um, I really liked what I saw from them this weekend. And their defense is starting around into form here. They're the eighth best defense since uh, we've, you know, ticked over to 2023. 12th overall. So it's getting a little bit better. And I hate to keep bringing this up, but you start seeing this team with Ant as your star, your number one guy. Kyle Anderson playing out there, uh, helping being that glue guy. Gobert starting to find his footing a little bit, at least with these lineups, and it's like, what, what is going to happen when Carl Anthony Towns comes back to this team? I mean, I know he's a great player. He's he's an All Star, an All NBA caliber player. But the fit with Gobert, and then the is it my team, your team thing with Anthony Edwards? It's a it, we'll see here. I think Carl Anthony Towns is fine with it not being his team. To be honest, I think this takes off pressure. The fit in terms of moving that thing around the paint and how that works with Rudy Gobert, that's a problem. But that's more so, I think, uh, a Carl Rudy problem, not a not an Anthony Edwards problem. I think he'll be fine. You know, sure. Sort of, sort of, you know, fading into the background to some degree. Look, he's still going to shoot a lot, but when it comes down to the crunch minutes, I think it's good for the both of them. I think it's good for Cat not to be a number one. It's good for. Uh, Anthony Edwards to be taking the shots because mm-hmm. he's the most effective guy. I don't even really, I'm not that concerned about the alpha dog. Is it my team, your team at the end of games between Ant and Cat? I do start to wonder, is this team better with Kyle Anderson playing in this starting lineup with these guys more minutes uh, and just fits better than a Carl Anthony Towns? Yeah. Despite Carl Anthony Towns being a much, much better player. Anderson know. knows how to play with Rudy Gobert. And I think that's kind of huge to, to keep Gobert interested mm-hmm. on offense like Anderson's doing a great job of finding him for lobs, little tic-tac-toe passes. And then, you know, if Gobert is into it offensively, he's also into it defensively. But the main thing is that in this past month, this has 100% become Anthony Edwards' team, which I think is a difference because when Cat went down, it was a question. Like, they got two number ones on offense. When he comes back, there's a number one and there's a number two because Edwards needs to have the ball. I love to see a House of Highlights branded this duel with De'Aaron Fox, a sick duel. Ooh, wow. Straight up sick duel. <laughs> Fox showed up in the fourth quarter yeah, yeah. of the a duel, of certainly. A big-time yeah. fake comeback from the Kings in this one. But I think uh, Edwards is making a strong case oh. for the all-star nod here. He just keeps shooting threes, and they keep going in. And I think that that has been a huge part uh, for the Wolves here. But I don't know. They're two games over five hundred now. Edwards has been on fire for a month. I think he might get in. Yeah, we debated our picks on Friday's Drop Podcast. You know, where is Anthony Edwards in this conversation? I think we ultimately decided, like, he's maybe, you know, an injury replacement or he's not making our original seven for the reserves there in the West. But, 
Yeah, it's getting tougher and tougher. Over his last seven games, Ant is averaging 30 points per game, 6.6 rebounds per game, 5.3 assists per game, shooting 50 from the floor, 47 from three, like you were talking about there, Trey can't miss, 82 at the line. And he's just the third player in franchise history to have like those type of numbers over a seven-game stretch, which is like, you know, a chunky little stretch. Can you name the other two in Wolves history to have 36 and five, 35 and five, really, over a seven-game span? You don't need to overthink it. Cat? No, not Cat. Kevin Garnett? Kevin Garnett and uh, one more Kevin. Love? Kevin Love, yeah. There you go. Shout out to Statitudes for that. But yeah, he is, uh, this is great timing here for Anthony Edwards' all-star case. I had Joe Mandy texting at us, DMing at us, hey, where's the love for Ant? Yeah. And those Wolves fans want him in there, and Jesus, it's, you know, when you get into him and Fox, or him and a Paul George, or him and a Jaron Jackson Jr., Jesus, it's, he, he might be bumping, bumping, bumping up that list. Perfect timing. The ballots timing. had to be in Sunday at midnight by the coaches, uh, so, so it worked <laughs> I didn't out. Know that. It yeah. worked out <laughs> extremely well. Yeah, they have this, this additional game tonight against the Sacramento Kings, Monday night. They have, you know, the old two-game set, so, this one could obviously sway things a little bit in, in terms of some uh, – could have, I should say, in terms of some coaches' ballots, but they won't get it. But a perfect timing from Anthony Edwards. Also played in every single Wolves game in this season yeah. where he guys must, are sitting out. Does he lead the league in total minutes played? I know Siakam I was know. the Haven't, minutes leader in per game, but he missed a big chunk of time. Probably. So, yeah, he probably is. Since he's playing so much. But Kyle Anderson's going to have to be on the floor. The guy is just too good. He's yeah. a connector. Maybe that means less D'Angelo Russell minutes. And you're playing a lot of Anthony Edwards sort of as a point guard. But Kyle can play point guard too uh, if, if Cat's on the floor. They got some options. They got talent. And Russell's sort TBD. of hot right now, too. Yeah. Like, he he does this where he has, like, a couple weeks stretches where he's like, he looks amazing. And he's he's on one right now. So, good uh, weekend there from the Minnesota Timberwolves. Okay, let's do another round. Who you got? Uh, the Pacers, a very, very unique contract extension for Miles Turner. But I think it's really, really smart um, for, all, for all parties here. It's a unique extension in that they just gave more money this year. 17 additional million this year because they have the cap space to do it right. plus 21 next year and then 20 the year after that. So it's good for all parties, I think, because it keeps the Pacers' options open. Do you want to just have a long-term plan here with Halliburton, Turner, Buddy Heald, and Ben Matherin? You've got them all signed long-term. Sure, that's good. But you could also trade them and Having him under contract will get you more back because he was going to be a free agent this offseason. So you're going to get more back because it's a reasonable number next year and the year after, 21 and 20. Now, Miles Turner could have got more, definitely longer-term contract in the offseason, for sure, rather than just two years. But he's getting money right here, right now. He can invest it <laughs> right here this season. <laughs> People value that. And also... Um, you know, I think he wants a little, a little bit of security as well for his injuries. I think that makes that makes sense. He's still number one on the trade big board at the Athletic, mm. so he still could be dealt. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't think I don't think it's crazy. I do. I, I think it's unlikely. I think he should be dropped from the number one spot on the Athletic big board okay. at some point. Just drop him. But he he's more tradable now. He'll get more back for the Pacers. But he also gets paid, and it's a unique situation that they had cap room. You can only do it with cap room, and it's that 17 mil. Well, they're, they're unlikely to do something with it. Right, they have to hit a floor, or otherwise then that money, like, 
it gets like just dispersed Split to the to rest everybody. of the team. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought they were at the floor, but I don't know. Mm. I, I, so I think they just had the room between the floor and the ceiling. But uh, yeah, so 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 that that <laughs> the house. Yeah, exactly. The room. <laughs> yeah, the whole thing. <laughs> I guess that's why it's called salary cap room. Uh, but uh, but anyways, I, I don't think that money necessarily had to go to anybody, but they could have got some back in a trade. But anyway, it's going to Miles, and again, they can still trade him. So I think all the all everything's on the board. Okay. And he's going to make more money. I think he's a smart guy. We found him on our show. I think he's investing it. I think he's going to invest <laughs> we'll it. Right. to check his books. Yeah, I, I buy him I trust Lego. You. Oh, he does waste not waste, but he does spend a lot of money on Lego. That's a great point. <laughs> <laughs> now he now no, it's not a waste. He can buy all the Legos. He can build, he can build an actual contract. house out of Lego. <laughs> yeah, he can floor, build a room, floor to the ceiling. <laughs> Just put money in it. Money, yeah. Uh, yeah, I wonder how he does get paid. It's interesting. Like, how does the, how does how do the dollars come into his? Oh, yeah, I thought you were thinking he think might get paid in Lego. No. Yeah, <laughs> no. He, he definitely gets yeah DD direct deposit, but uh, but when. So now his his salary went to thirty five million. It went from eighteen to thirty five. He got paid twice a per week throughout the NBA season. But now I thought I read that he like it does come maybe in one big ass lump here. I don't know. Now yeah. I'm not sure. I was reading Danny <laughs> Danny LaRue's report on yeah. the Athletic, but I don't think it. No, I don't think the that? lump comes right away. Uh, maybe Bobby Marks told me that. <laughs> Anyways, I, love I think the, it's I love good. those money guys get a reason to get excited, eh? <laughs> yeah. Good for them. They're the pros at it. I'm talking Bobby. I'm talking Danny. Like this is something like this. This is rare. Like this Yo, renegotiation. Extremely. Bobby and Danny. What was the last time it happened? Like Covington in 2017 did something similar. Classic. Yeah. Everybody remembers that. that. Yeah. Anyway. Anyways, uh, so tradable. Pacers didn't have a good weekend on the floor. They lost nah. a couple games and uh, no. they've lost ten of their last eleven. Yeah. Fallen yeah. out of the play-in tournament, but. Winners of the weekend because yeah. they got Miles Turner back, and we get another three years of Miles Turner trade. Rumors. Oh yeah! Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> well, I, I almost I think that them losing is it makes it more palatable to their fans if they want to deal one of these guys, mm. right? If because they're sub five hundred, not Halliburton, you can't trade him. No, absolutely untouchable. Ben Matherin, untouchable. But if you trade, basically, uh, buddy or Miles, buddy or Miles, yeah. 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 And and again, this Miles uh, contract makes him more appealable to everybody. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think that's true. Uh, Trey, let's keep it going here. Who you got for a win of the weekend? Oh, bit of a score-keeping controversy over the weekend, Skeetsy. A Redditor named AdMassive6666 posted a nearly 1,600-word manifesto Friday night, Saturday morning that showed Jaron Jackson Jr. gets more blocks and steals during home games by a significant margin. Yeah. Basically yeah. twice as many blocks at home. People dug up a bunch of questionable plays. Smart guys like Seth Partnow, Kirk Goldsberry, they reviewed those plays. Yeah. Debunked the claims. Yeah. KFC, I saw in on this. Yeah. Uh huh. We had former referees explaining how the stats were correctly applied. The league even came out and said, quote, in order to ensure the integrity of our game statistics, auditors independent of the statistics. Statisticians on site <laughs> review all plays and stats decisions in real time during NBA games. If changes are necessary, they are made at that time or following a post-game review. All of the plays questioned in the post on Memphis games were scored consistently within the rules set forth by the NBA Statisticians Manual. Basically, a little bit of home cooking, but these are legit steals right. and blocks right. here, right. which set the stage for Sunday against the Indiana Pacers. First Grizzlies home game. Since the Reddit post, Jaron Jackson Jr. goes for 28 points, 8 rebounds, 3 threes, 
and five blocks. Oh, jeez. Spicy stuff. Great stuff from Jaron Jackson Jr. when he blocked his fourth shot. Grizzlies play-by-play man Pete Pranica said, they're real and they're spectacular. <laughs> Good line. After the game, Jaron Jackson Jr. said, I didn't read the post, but I beat the case. <laughs> That's oh. awesome. That's just awesome to go out and have five blocks in the first game after people were saying, hey, these are questionable blocks here. And honestly, some of them are questionable. Yeah, like, yeah there's a handful. Is it a block or yeah. is it a steal when a guy goes up for a shot and you tip it down? It's weird stuff. But Jaron Jackson Jr. had an awesome game, and honestly, the Grizzlies needed the win. They'd lost five straight on their road trip after winning 11 straight. Grizzlies, though, one of the most hated teams on the, in the league, uh, so this doesn't help. And I think Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to have the most scrutinized blocks in the league for the rest of the season. People are going to be zooming in on these to see when the fingers touched. All I know, he's a great defender. Yeah. And his block numbers are ridiculous at home and on the road. Even more so at home, though. So maybe he just plays better. This was amazing. Plays harder. Because the whole, like, the NBA uh, Reddit post was like, there's a conspiracy to, like, get Jaron Jackson Jr. a defensive player of the year (laughs) or not. And they're goosing the numbers and, like, are these really blocks or steals? And what is going on here? But Ziller pointed out, after all of this, after these smart guys looked at everyone and said, well, it's actually pretty good. After the league came out and said, we actually audit all this. After all that, Ziller said in his article this morning, this whole brouhaha was so good for Jaron Jackson Jr. that there is now like a boomerang conspiracy that the Grizzlies planted the original conspiracy (laughs) in order to draw attention to JJJ's defensive excellence. My God. Mm. So it's like now it was the Grizzlies that actually did this thinking, oh, get all this attention. Everybody forced to watch all these plays. Everyone's like, damn, this guy is good. (laughs) Oh, my God. Put all I'm saying is we got to check Chris Vernon's IP address compared oh, to Matt yeah. Asif 6666666. Check the IP address. You'll find it's coming. The call is coming from inside Memphis. This got a lot of people riled up, though. It was We had so many people DMing us on Instagram and, and on Twitter like, you guys got to get ahead of this. <laughs> I kept responding. I was like, I don't think there's anything here, man. <laughs> like, I, I know it's, it's a hell of a post. A lot of work went into it. I got a feeling there's like maybe a handful of blocks that probably shouldn't have been credited as blocks or steals or whatever. It's like, that's it. But. Yeah, I see it. the Smarties are saying, you know, like anywhere between three and six are questionable blocks mm. out of what, 60 plus, I suppose, at home for Jaron Zaxon Jr. Mm. Not as not If as you don't glaring. think he's a good shot blocker, though, I would say challenge him inside. Oh, ooh. Let's see. Let's <laughs> yeah. see. The numbers are pretty stark, home to away. That's all. That's all there is to yeah. it. I mean, that's, yeah. that's, that's got to be pretty rare. For it to be that drastic from well, home that, to but there was a post are... going around comparing like steal and block rates for other players. Okay, at home to the road, and I don't know if it was the same, but it's uh, quite a difference in a couple instances. Mm. You could cherry pick guys to find that. Yeah. Well, listen, I like the original or the original, the original conspiracy theory. <laughs> I, I like it. Um, <laughs> it. It makes sense. Not enough people know about Jaron Jackson Jr. If somebody within the house, if it's uh, <laughs> if it's a Vernon or a Whitaker, I would oh. buy it. I would buy it. Lang Whitaker. He was born on the internet. He, he, he would know how to get around an IP address. Wow. He's doing it with a VPN from wherever he's doing it from. You Not, think there's a, if you, if you like, if we decipher that big post, maybe there's like a barbecue recipe within it? <laughs> a corn dog? Oh. Cooking with cooking Lang. With yeah. He's cooking up the stats. He's cooking yeah. up the stats. Cooking the stats. Wow. Pass. The call is coming from inside the grindhouse. We got a lot of lines for this. So hopefully they stretch it out a little bit somehow. All right. Uh, Final winner of the weekend. I want to put a button on NBA Rivals Week. 
What a success. <laughs> Incredible. We had 11 games over five days. <laughs> Rivals week. <What? laughs> Only five days. Tass pointed it out. He caught it. It was Tuesday to Saturday. Okay, that's fine. But listen to this. Listen to the games or the storylines that we honestly had in, in, in these rival games. We had the Heat. Three-point win over the Celtics. Really close game. Bam and uh, Tatum putting up uh, 30 burgers there. LeBron. He scored 40-plus against the Clippers. Now, that was a blowout win for the Clippers. But we had the whole LeBron became the only guy in NBA history ah, yes. to put up 40 against all 30 teams. We had the Sixers outgunning the Nets 137 to 133 on a nationally televised game. Great one. And, and we were missing some players in that, but it was really, really entertaining. We had Steph getting tossed versus the Grizzlies, but Poole hitting a game-winning layup with like a second or so to go. We had the Knicks knocking off the Celtics in overtime. Probably New York's best win of the season. We had Spencer Dinwiddie leading the Mavs to a four-point win over the Suns after Luka left that game, uh, you know, something like three minutes into it with the ankle injury. We had the Wolves getting a little revenge versus the Grizzlies there on Friday night for their playoff series. We had two MVP frontrunners battle it out on Saturday afternoon, as you talked about, in Jokic and Embiid. We had Kyrie scoring 21 of his 32 in the final nine and a half minutes to carry Brooklyn over the Knicks. Um, he pointed out, not much of a rivalry, really. Uh, the the <laughs> yeah. Nets have beat the Knicks nine straight games, but uh, he also had a line something like, hey, if the NBA calls it a rivalry, it's a rivalry. So that's pretty funny. And then finally, we had the wild dramatics, which we're going to get to, of Saturday night between the Lakers and Celtics. That was an overtime game, too. Oh. I mean, I, I hit you with, like, of those 11 games, I think I just gave you nine or ten games. Like, there was really, like, one dud or something like that. What? Damn, man, that hurts, oh, bro. The Bulls, that hurts. It's literally the one game, the one dud is Bulls versus Hornets. Mason Plumley, nine for nine from the field. The honestly, the low point in the Bulls season is Mason Plumley hitting a pull-up lefty jumper for a dagger. So I mean, Hornets took that Rivals Week game yeah. as well. They I, I, I guess I should have said these were nationally televised it, Rivals games. The one I was pointing at. I don't think that one was a marquee game, was it? Not. I, don't I think, think it, it got flexed off actually. Did it? Yeah. <laughs> they they, they yeah. called that one correctly. <laughs> yes. Anyway, yes, NBA Rivals Week. Unbelievable success. We were like mocking it going into it. And sure. in the end, we're like, these were great games and good storylines. And, uh, and that obviously was fun. I thought it was going to be a joke at the beginning of the season. NBA Rivals Week. What, what is this yeah. concoction? It makes no sense. It just seemed like something that they concocted. You know, I've compared it potentially to the midseason tournament. Like, it's just, what is this thing? Right. And then all of a sudden, here in January, when we need a little spice. Yeah. It helped out. It did. It, it really did. And I think, considering it was Tuesday to Saturday, originally they probably thought, okay, Rivals Week should be a week. Should be seven days. But then they didn't want to compete with the NFL. On the Sunday, yeah. Yeah. So then they said, okay, Monday to Saturday. Then everybody knows that we're avoiding the <laughs> NFL. So we'll make it Tuesday to Saturday. Why would it be five days? <laughs> Just because there's not, not enough rivalries to... To fill a seven-day bracket? Maybe. I mean, they were stretching it with Knicks-Nets. Yeah, they're in the same city, but it's not a rivalry. I think the biggest part is... Bulls-Hornets? No, what? There's not usually nationally televised games on a Monday night. So it starts on Tuesday, TNT. Wednesday, ESPN. Thursday, TNT. Friday, ESPN. Saturday, we went to ABC. What about with some of these rivals games? only, baby? Yeah. yeah. I think that's the reason. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's fair. Yeah. And it worked. We loved it. You tell us, though. What do we miss for winners of the NBA weekend? Which teams, which players, whatever storylines. We're going to take our first break. When we come back, losers of the NBA weekend, where we'll get into the very controversial no call on LeBron James. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? 
Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. You like the the role-playing, the costumes of Halloween? Make it sexy? Exactly, exactly. You're just seeing people... <laughs> exactly. Tell me more. You're seeing people dressed differently than they would. <laughs> <laughs> when that turns you on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, my that, that person never dresses like a cowboy. <laughs> They're never tucking in their shirt and putting on a big old brass belt buckle. Yeah. I've never seen that woman dressed like Lil Bo Peep before. It's a spark. There's a, there's a big spark. And then, I mean, I think Leap Day is obvious why that's a sexy one. Because totally. it only comes around once, once every, every four, four years. years. Yeah, yeah. No rules. Oh, there's no rules on You can that. do anything on Leap Day, and it doesn't count because people forget about it for the next four years. They're like, what we do last Leap Day? Eh. Who yeah. can even remember? Yeah. Let it go. It's always and fascinated dressed, by people. Just little Bo Peep and uh, <laughs> Cowboy, maybe. Always fascinated by people that were born on a, on a Leap Day. Mm, Vontigo Cummings. <laughs> Is that true? Uh, <laughs> you know he thinks it's sexy. Yeah. <laughs> His last name's Cummings. Yeah, yeah, wait. Hell yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, losers <laughs> of the NBA weekend. Look, we maybe could have started with this, but we had so yeah. many good winners. But, Tass, let's get into it. I like where we put it. Okay. Like, listen, a loser is definitely the NBA referees as a whole. Not because of the call, but let, let's get to the call. LeBron, at the end of a big rivals game, has a chance to win the thing at the end of regulation. Tie game, he goes to the rim, gets all the way to the rim, and Jason Tatum smacks his wrist. No call. Right. Whoa, the drama. LeBron gets to his knees. Uh, Patrick Beverly, before overtime happens, brings out a camera from one of the photographers to show the referee, which is great. That's going down in NBA history. It is hilarious. But they missed the call. got a tech for it, yeah. Yeah, not good for the Lakers. Points on the board, (laughs) they lose the game. Listen, NBA referees miss calls all the time. I like how we don't have video reviews for every stinking call the last two minutes. They've changed that. That's great. I'm not upset about them missing a very egregious call. It was very, very obvious they missed it. But I'm upset on Sunday. They come out with this tweet. The National Basketball Referees Association (laughs) tweets, like everyone else, referees make mistakes. We made one at the end of last night's game, and that is gut-wrenching for us. This play will weigh heavily and cause sleepless nights as we strive to be the best referees we can be. I hate this. Are they trolling? No. This is a sincere tweet. There was also... (laughs) Too sincere. I think... Okay. It's too much. There's also a link to the Washington Post article about the game. I hate it. Referees can't have feelings. I want want them to be robots. And And I honestly, I don't want them to have opinions i don't want them to talk you know i just don't like it mm-hmm. there's just the quieter the referees are that's the profession that's the way it should be 
I don't I don't like this having a personality on Twitter. I know everybody needs to have a personality, but the National Basketball Referees Association does not. They don't need to have. I I don't get it. I just I, I don't get it. it. Doesn't make any sense. You miss calls. That's totally true. The last two minutes report. I know we make fun of it because it often has a lot of missed calls. But at least that's emotionless. I mean, it's it's just stating the point that is there because of the Tim Donaghy situation in in the past. Just to some transparency. You know, just just to that, prove that, that we are yeah being uh, th- this this organization that is trying to do our jobs and that's it. And th- and that's where it should end. I don't I don't like this this emotion crap. I mean it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me. Uh, so that's it. I mean, well I don't simple like this, as that. This as you're putting it, emotion crap yeah. from this tweet. Th- this just keep that tweet up. Uh, schedule that tweet. Yeah. For every 24 hours sure. because every team gets hosed by bad calls at the end of games. Yeah. Probably every team this season has had a game or two or three or four where they've been screwed because of a, a blown call or a non call or whatever. But they're apologizing, it feels like, because it's LeBron. Duh. On a marquee Saturday night game, and he goes nuts and has all the post-game comments. And obviously we got the Pat Bev with the camera. Like, it's it's LeBron, so everything's a bigger story. I get that. But that's that's where it looks to me pathetic and, like, embarrassing. They had the last two-minute report out before they even got to overtime for this one. They're saying, hey, we, we yeah. the, the NBA has already informed the Lakers that they missed the call. And it's because it's the Lakers. And then LeBron afterwards says, I've watched the league every night. I look around. This isn't happening to anybody else. It's happening literally to every team. Yeah. I mean, I'm a Bulls fan. I can think of three guaranteed ones that I know. I'm not a Kings fan, but we do the show every day. I can think of three for the Kings just off the top of my head. This all taken away from the fact that LeBron should have made the layup. That wasn't that hard of a foul. The guy can finish through contact all the time. He's upset that he missed a pretty open lefty layup to win the game. I mean, he took away his hand. (laughs) <laughs> like his hand was off the ball, and so it was kind of hard to finish. I think. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Look, nobody but is anyway. arguing that he wasn't fouled. He was fouled. He was absolutely, he could have made it. He could have made it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> do you think? I mean, this has been sort of like going around for months, if not years, because uh, we hear it from players every once in a while that refs need to be held more accountable for mistakes like this. Like we've heard players say there should be fines laid on referees. Like if that last two minute report comes out and they've blown, you know, four or five calls in the last two minutes that there should be repercussions. Oh, you want more more transparency. I think what's happening behind closed doors is they are evaluated. Yeah. Their calls are evaluated, but I don't want to, a video about why Ed Malloy is not working the this, the NBA Finals because he had a bad regular season or whatever. I think yeah, they they don't get the best jobs if they do a bad bad job, and I believe in that. But if people want more transparency, I mean, yeah, sure, go for it. I guess that wouldn't that wouldn't be a negative thing because, but I do think there is there's training and there are repercussions for negative jobs done. I think, but. I don't know. What about yeah, having what, okay. playoff games? What right? about like, having an yeah, what about having an in-game well. ref on a monitor? Like get rid of challenges completely and having a an official there obviously on the monitor, not on the floor like the like the other three in some sort of like they they can review calls immediately and stuff like that. This sort of like at end of games. Do you want that? Too much? Get it right? Where do you fall on that? <laughs> I I'm fine with the way it is, but go ahead. Wait, so wait a second. So you're saying that there wouldn't be an official review? Like, they would just be like, "Hey, we botched it." The point, just is, an the point is, if review. there was an official a review by an official, and like, look, it's happening in New Jersey. I get that to some extent, but like, I think we cut 
the legs out from underneath these refs having that replay center, right? And I, I think that's maybe even part of the issue here if we want to get it really into it. But anyway, having a fourth ref that is there in arena watching the monitor, I mean, it's a foul and could trigger like, okay, it's, it's a foul within obviously not the entirety of the game, but within the final minute or something like that. So basically, it's a video basically, review. yeah, a video review, but it's an official. They don't have to come over, do the whole thing. It's like, hey, I'm, I saw it on, you guys missed it on the floor. <laughs> I don't know, man. It sounds like a review to me. It sounds like you're dying. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> uh, they shouldn't botch calls on the last call. I don't know. But they're There's human, no other way so to... they're going to. So, so, so what, we're going to add another review? Another yeah. official? Another I'm, human? I'm, I'm, Mortal I'm, said they should be robots. He was speaking emotionally, but I thought you were going to say they should be robots. Period. <laughs> Who can actually, like, see things. Because this is, this is bad. The only reason this is an interesting story is because it's the Lakers and LeBron. Ergo, people yeah. now are putting their eyes on the referees, and every team is coming out and saying, hey, we've gotten screwed multiple times this season. Like, that tweet went out, and it's like, Kings fans are saying we got screwed. Warriors fans, Bulls fans, literally everybody. But because it's LeBron, it's stayed in the news for a couple of days. So maybe yeah. something will change going forward, but... Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it, I, don't, I have no idea. What is the solution? Get the call right. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I don't think you want to add video reviews, and we've talked about it. It should just be done in Secaucus. Why? Why? Do, it just takes too long for the NBA referees to come over to a board and, and look at it. I wouldn't add any more time. I just think it just adds time. That's what it does. And obviously, you can get calls right, but we're gonna be here all night. And I and I go. I know. I know. The idea is here that it was LeBron. That's why it's uh, being talked about. But it also is the biggest stage here, Saturday night, NBA Rivals Week, right at the end of the game. I think some NBA fan bases can take solace in, say, in thinking that this is sort of a tweet for the first four months of the season because they have been getting killed for four months. And I think the NBA referees are also apologizing in a way for the first four months <laughs> of getting destroyed because because. In this season, more than any other NBA season from week to week and month to month, we have been talking about the last-minute calls and them getting it wrong. So I, th I think it's part of it as well, even though they said they're emotionally scarred by this one incident. I think I think it's uh, death by a thousand cuts here, tweet by a thousand calls that they've gotten wrong, yeah. really. I, 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 I hesitate to do this. But in LeBron's defense, a little bit. I think after the game, not on the floor when he was like dropping to his knees and like crying like he somebody had stole his lollipop. After the game, when he was making his comments about the officiating, he really was pointing out because he's been saying it for weeks now that he doesn't think he's getting calls as much as other superstars in driving to the rim. Whether you agree with that or not, it's up to you to decide. But I think this was like this was like this compounding factor of like he's like what what can I do to get as many calls as guys that go to the line 10, 11, 12 times a game? Because he goes much, much less. And he says, I drive just as much. Is it because I'm not flailing? Because I'm not screaming? I think he was really, really, really frustrated that it's gotten to that point and it decided at the end of the game. That's what my gut says. He should shoot more free throws. Yeah. There's no doubt yeah. about that. But uh, it's not just happening to LeBron. I'll say that. And Ooh. refs are bad, but these are the best refs. That's, that's the sad thing is that you're not going to find better basketball refs than the ones we got. Now. Yeah, yeah. It's very difficult. What yeah, is it? What I, I think it'd be very difficult to create a robot too. Now I'm not into, I'm not an engineer, but a robot to see, <laughs> How's you know, robot? every yeah. little thing. There's just there's a lot going on. Out of balance stuff, sure. 
goaltending stuff, probably. Sensors in the balls, stuff like that. But yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> Slaps on wrist? Uh, I... Ro- robot could have saw that one. <laughs> <laughs> Guaranteed. <laughs> oh, that's what a robot would say. <laughs> Why are you a robot? I'm just always... Yeah. I'm a robot advocate. You're, you're, I know some robots, okay? You're coughing to make it seem like yeah, you're not that's a what robot. I was thinking. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. That's what a robot that's, that's how a, a robot would cough. Cough cough. <laughs> uh alright. Oh, well now really suspect now. Coughing uh, with Kirby. Coughing with Lang. I mean the, I don't know why I was going. Cooking. Next winner loser. <laughs> Keep going, yeah. Oh, uh, the Pelicans. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, they're the losers of the weekend. They lost two games over the weekend. You realize the Pelicans' losing streak is eight straight games at this point? We talked about Sunday. They got smashed by Giannis. Yeah. No Zion. No Ingram. No CJ McCollum. They're playing on the second night of a back-to-back. Never led in the game. But the loss on Saturday to the Wizards, just as bad. Ingram struggled in his second game back. 22 points on 22 shots. He's obviously still trying to find his rhythm. Big game changer, though, was Jonas Valanciunas getting ejected pretty early in this one because Daniel Gafford ran wild for the Wizards after that. Washington also crushed on the glass, which maybe doesn't happen if Jonas is there boxing out. But the last time Zion played, January 2nd, the Pelicans were 23-14. and 14. One game back from first in the Western Conference. 3-11, and 11, though, since Zion went down. They're down to eighth in the Western Conference. Just a game out of 11th place, and it's really their offense that's been letting them down. They're kind of middle of the pack on defense, but 28th in offense in the month of January. They're shooting way fewer free throws with Zion out, no surprise. Also shooting 33% on threes, so the easy, like, efficiency-helping points, they just aren't there. Playing a ton of non-shooters, a lot of minutes, because that's who's healthy right now. After the Wizards' loss, Coach Willie Green said, the losing streak has kind of jolted us in a negative way. We'll get back to playing our style and playing with joy, but they got to figure it out soon. They got to get Brandon Ingram going because they play at Denver tomorrow. Then they play at Dallas. Then they've got the Lakers, Kings, Hawks, Cavs at home before a two-game road trip going in to the All-Star break. So they've got a tough schedule coming out here. No news yet about when Zion will be back, but Brandon Ingram at least has been back in the lineup. If they can figure out some big games for him, get a little more efficiency from C.J. McCollum, maybe they recover a little bit. But this has gone about as poorly as it could go uh, with Zion going down. And this is a team that you look at and you're like, man, they're incredibly deep. And they are. But some guys are overtaxed here, I do believe. And New Orleans is just dropping down the standings because of it. Any thoughts on the Pels slide here? Eight games in a row. That did catch me by surprise when I saw that. Yeah, they've been uh, – the fact is they've been shorthanded all season, really, with a lot of their guys coming in out of the lineup. They were able to weather it for a while, but then as soon as both Zion and Ingram went out and they hit a tough patch of the schedule, not only is it tough coming up, but they, they also just had a real tough patch. So, um, you know, what is there to say other than get healthy and let's play ball? And that's why you don't anoint them in January. We talked about uh, them you know, being in the one seed. Sorry, it wasn't January. In December, where they were the one seed. Yeah, they're, 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 it's a, the season is freaking long. That's all. <laughs> yeah. And so uh takes time. takes time. And uh, they were they did it so well. They were so great at playing without one of their stars. They took turns at being out of the lineup. But then two of their stars and this tough scad. Yeah, it's it's combination for a bad run here, unfortunately. Uh, final loser of the weekend... Gonna give it to the Blazers. 
They uh, only played one game over the weekend. They played our Raptors, and they got spanked on Saturday night. And they had a lot of rest before this game. They hadn't played since Wednesday, and then they're playing Saturday. So you're thinking, you're going to be refreshed. You're going to be good to go. You know, Raptors are playing a little bit better, but they're not world beaters by any mean. Toronto comes in, outscored Portland 37-14 to in the first quarter, and so they were playing catch-up for the rest of the game. Billups talked about it after. You know, they imposed their will against us. The Raps did. Precious Achua had a great game. In the Blazers' defense, they're missing Nurk. They're missing Josh Hart, so that's two starters, and those are their two best rebounders, probably, and they got hammered on the glass. Raptors out-rebounded them 45-27. to But just, uh, you know, just another bad loss here for the Blazers. Talk about the Pelicans on a slide. Same thing with Portland. They're way down there in the Western Conference standings. And we also learned over the weekend that Jeremy Grant rejected a Blazers four-year, $112 million offer with the intent that he's going to make more in free agency. doesn't mean he's going to leave Portland, but the idea to get more um, come the summer, I guess hypothetically he could receive a five-year, $233 million deal. That's not very realistic, but it's going to be more than uh, the four-year, of course, and probably $112 million if it is signed there with uh, Portland. But just not good, and we're getting Jake Fisher of Yahoo Sports saying Portland has given rival teams the impression that they're open to discussing moving basically I mean, almost anyone outside of Damian Lillard, um, particularly Josh Hart and, and Nurkic, and that they're trying to get some athleticism and some defensive-minded you know, wing-shooting guys. So they, I think they're going to be, I think they almost are getting forced into being somewhat active here at the deadline to try and sort of turn the season around. If it's Hart, if it's Nurk, uh, I feel like Portland's got, they got, they almost have to do something. Is it Simons? I don't know. I mean, I wonder, would the Blazers and Raptors consider something with OG as uh, the piece going to Portland? There's that, there's that athletic sort of plus wing shooting guy, defender guy. But we'll see. Yeah, it's, uh, the thing is, it's going to be hard for Portland to trade a first-round pick because they yeah. have this uh, protected pick going to Chicago yeah. that it's protected like until 2028. So it makes it just confusing yeah. for how they're actually able to do it. But it feels like changes are coming for the Blazers. Like you're saying, Nurkic and Hart, you put them together, it's like $28 million. That's a decent player in return that you could find if they want to throw Simons into it as well. We're talking $50 million worth of contracts. You could at least change it up because, I mean, the Blazers just basically ran back the same team. They brought in Jeremy Grant, but this is not a different team than when it was C.J. McCollum. It just happens to be Anthony Simons now. So doesn't feel like the improvement will be coming from within. Yeah. And they don't want to just stay clawing to get into the play-in tournament if they're going to sign Dame to this gigantic contract and he wants to stay around. Yeah, you make a good point about, by all accounts, the Raptors, if they move off OG, want like three first-round picks, and they don't have that. They're yeah. not going to be able to do that. I mean, you could like... is Three, sign, three is, way you're in. Well, yeah, way that's true. Yeah. Get a third team involved is, is a possibility. Um, because like, yeah, you're not, are you trading OG and Kem Birch for Amphrey Simons? Got to gotta really like Simons. Exactly. Got to really, exactly. really like Simons. Um, so, probably not. Uh, anyway, any other losers you guys want to slip in there? We hit on them all? You tell us. Mm. Tweet at us. Let us know on the stream team. Losers of the weekend. And how do you feel about the officials tweeting? <laughs> how do you feel about buildings tweeting? That was controversial over the weekend. Excuse the, me? The uh, Empire State Building ah, yes, it, was uh, tweeting, Tassie. You would not have liked it because you don't like your buildings tweeting. 
having emotions. I don't like my buildings. Well, if tweeting. you don't like the officials as a union or as a group collective tweeting, I can't imagine you like a building tweeting. <laughs> That's different. <laughs> Very different. <laughs> okay. You like? Well, it? well, it depends on what they tweeted. Well, about. I okay. Look, I'm gonna half-ass <laughs> this story, but I believe the Empire State Building lit up. Unless this was fake, green and white for the Eagles winning. That's right. Oh. Even though the Eagles are in Philadelphia yes. <laughs> and they had beaten the Giants, why the hell are they lighting up green and white? And then people upset, tweeting to them, and they were like sort of clapping back at people. <laughs> this building was taking no prisoners. <laughs> so anyway, that's the story. I thought you would hate it. Mm. Uh, no, maybe they were just uh, promoting... Is this good? Because we talked briefly about the Empire State Building oh, on our oh, most recent episode. I haven't gotten to that part yet. Briefly, about the Fast Pass. <laughs> oh, yeah, we did. You're right. You're, JD, we did. <laughs> JD and Matt had Fast Passed their way through the Empire State Building once upon a I time. I did, too. Were we, were yeah, were we all together? We could I been. think we were all yeah, together. Yeah, we were. Yeah. It was cool, I, that I, little I, pass we got. <laughs> we skipped, like, 10,000 people to, to get up there. <laughs> yeah. We did. That's the problem. Well, yeah, but why? I mean, we, it was great for us. Why did we have that? Uh, because uh, our man, uh, well, I can't remember his name. Uh, somebody, we, somebody worked there. We, we had a meeting there, and they were like, "Hey, you want to go up?" Like, yeah, we don't want to stand in that big line. You don't have to stand in <laughs> oh, no yes, line. Yes, yes. And uh, you know, we're like bigwigs. I don't. And remember. I hated myself for it. Oh, uh, I see. I see. Yeah, I'm a man of the people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you have the nerve to call out. Without even knowing Chuck Swirsky, hey man, whether I, or not he stayed in line to see the Mona Lisa, and you yourself had done that I very did. thing. I atoned for that. <laughs> I haven't eaten a hat yet. I mentioned it on Is This Good. Everybody tune into Is This Good. I went after Bieber in this one, Skeets. Jesus. So. All right. Oh, I'm excited yeah. to listen. after. <laughs> okay. Not really. Wouldn't you love to travel without the actual, you know, traveling part? For example, I want to go to Lisbon, let's say. I just snap my fingers, I'm there. No driving to the airport, no flight delays, no fools at security who still don't know that yes, you need to take your laptop out of your bag and place it in the tray. Oh my God, how long have we been doing this? Travel without traveling. I want it both ways, but that's not possible. It is with Mack Weldon though. Guys tend to think looking sharp means starchy Oxfords and stiff chinos rather than effortless comfort. But this is possible to have it both ways. Mack Weldon makes timeless apparel with modern performance fabrics for guys who want to look and feel sharp without sacrificing comfort. From their light-as-air underwear to innovative anti-odor tees and versatile yet comfortable pants, Mack Weldon has a full range of clothes that never go out of style. I've got it all. I got the air knit underwear. I got the Ace Collection sweatpants. I've got the Silver Peak polo. Everything fits perfectly. All I get is compliments. Mack Weldon has figured this stuff out. Because performance fabric usually means clothes that look or feel sort of techy or shiny. Mack Weldon clothes are designed to fit your style and the demands of a busy life. They look like regular clothes, which is good. I want regular clothes, but feel like the latest in modern comfort. They're the go-to choice for guys who want to look great without even trying. Get timeless looks with modern comfort from Mack Weldon. Go to MacWeldon.com and get 20% off your first order with the promo code NODUNKS. That's M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com 
Promo code NONUCS. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Pick them results from Friday night. Just quickly, I had the Grizzlies uh, in Minnesota. They were the favorites by three and a half, but Minnesota ended up winning as I slipped in there and showed the Wolves some love. Win for you, Tess. You're nine and ten. Win for you, Trey. Thirteen and six. L for me. A brutal January. I need this January over. I'm six and thirteen. What's tonight's game? Well, the Lakers are in Brooklyn, but LeBron won't be playing. He's 117 back of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, but. They're playing at Madison Square Garden tomorrow night, back-to-back in New York, so I think he's picking Madison Square Garden. You think he Unless can score 117 points? Yeah, I was going to debate that. Yeah. Yeah. Up or down on LeBron scoring 117 <laughs> that would be awesome. in Madison that Square. Would be awesome. Oh, it's like all part of, like, he goes to the line, like, 80 times. The refs are like, all right, sorry, man. We're sorry, we blew that one. Let's set the record in MSG. Every time he, like, somebody breathes on him, foul, 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 foul. <laughs> That's a conspiracy. Yeah. Sorry. So, yeah, I mean, he's going to do it before the All-Star break, obviously, but uh, it's not going to be in New York. The numbers work out that he looks like he's going to do it at home, I think. I, I think. Against OKC or against Milwaukee, more likely, right. Thursday night, February 9th, TNT. Anyway, some people were saying he played in overtime, and that's why he's played too many minutes, so he's got to sit this one out. That's not the case. He just wants to play in Madison Square Garden tomorrow, regardless if it's a record breaker or not. Anyways, that's not our game. Just wanted to note that <laughs> okay. uh, Toronto is going into Phoenix tonight. The two teams that probably could have traded for Kevin Durant in the offseason facing off tonight. <laughs> the Suns favored by two and a half at home. Trey's got the Suns. Skeets and I are playing the homer cards. Sure. And the pressure's off, right? At the end of <laughs> yeah, the man, the raps look good. <laughs> Play it loose. Yeah, wow. no, no OG, too. Is he going to be moved? Suns are apparently linked to him, I think Sean yeah. was saying this morning. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see about that. This is, uh, I got to stop saying that. Well, I said we'll see about 100 times over the last 10 podcasts. It's we'll see season. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> it's the deadline. and We'll see. Yeah. Time will yeah. tell. <laughs> we all make mistakes. Uh, I said appealable. Miles Turner's contract is more appealable. It's more appealing. I've been, I've been watching, uh, I've been listening to a lot of court cases. Uh, you can say my case is more appealable. I, I That's that's applicable. Yeah. In, yeah, I was going to say, it sounds the, like a skeetism. In like, the court uh, of law. No, you've word. jammed two words. Appealing and likable, maybe, or something. There's a lot of apples out there. Yeah, there's a lot of apples. Yeah, well, you just say courts. The courts, man. What's your favorite apple? What's your favorite apple? legislative branch. What's my, my favorite apple? Uh, yeah, Pink said, Lady. I, I did say apple. Oh, I thought you said apple. No, I said apple. Oh, okay. <laughs> Who's yeah. up first? <laughs> that was well done. Uh, <laughs> <All right. laughs> honey That's yours? Oh, yeah. I love a honey yeah, crisp. It's, it's great. Uh, it took over the game. I heard there's a new honey crisp drop. I saw that. <laughs> Honeys with a Z. What? A little too sweet, maybe. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, let's get to Tweet of the Night. Tweet of the night. Wow. Twitter. Yeah, apologies to our listeners, just our podcast uh, friends out there, because this is a visual. 
but it's uh you know you can you can picture it I think in your mind at Claire MPLS tweeting yesterday <laughs> Kevin Hart looks like Joel Embiid's Polly Pocket <laughs> and there's a photo of Kevin Hart standing next to Joel Embiid <laughs> and uh, you're not gonna believe this Joel Embiid a lot bigger uh, as a seven foot guy than the guy that's what is Kevin Hart five feet tall maybe <laughs> I, I imagine. he's got to be taller. I, imagine I don't think he's, he's much taller. taller than five two. I, he's small, okay. man. Okay, well, you're, okay, five two is a. Okay. Uh, oh, then that means he's not even five two. Heights. Com. Five, he's five or five one. Okay, wow, what a what a pick, and it's great, you know. Embiid, like uh, this is a little Gandalf trickery here. He's a little closer, a little closer. to the camera, so it looks sure. ten times bigger. I thought that uh, that kicking net was attached to him at first. I thought that's what the tweet <laughs> it's like was a about. Backpack? Yeah, it looked like oh, <laughs> it does sort of the latest. And greatest, but there's, yeah, Michael Rubin, Kevin Hart, and Joel Embiid. So, Michael Rubin is towering over Kevin Hart. Yeah, that's he's, a good point. But he's probably like a 5'10", I bet. Not even. <laughs> I don't mean, think Michael Rubin's 5'10"? Well, no, no. What's the heights average height of a man in America or the world? Is it 5'8 five, five, or something? 5'9", for is sure. 5'9"? 5'9.25", I think. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely 5'9". Anyway, there were a lot of funny uh, responses, of course, to that tweet from... Uh, Claire MPLS. Some really good ones. You remember Polly Pockets, though? Oh, we got some Polly Pockets in the house. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. yeah it's yeah, still yeah. a thing. Cool. Uh, I think we technically have Laura's, like, vintage Polly Pockets, but I know they Can you explain it for series. someone that doesn't know what a Polly Pocket is? Yes, please. Cause I have no uh, don't Polly Pockets are... Teeny tiny little doll. Uh, <laughs> I don't like know doll house, basically. Yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. A, you could get a doll house for it, and they come with, like, miniature dolls, and it's like, yeah. I don't know, we turned a football into a dollhouse or something something tiny gets turned into a dollhouse yes, basically yes yes yeah um like a purse or a, yeah, yeah in the show pocket power uh you know no she gets she oh, goes there's from, a show I didn't oh know yeah that. yeah she goes from full size full size child to tiny child <laughs> like ant-man uh, yeah very much like Ant-Man. the original <laughs> ant-man is what they call her uh you know maybe she needs to crack the case of what year the quarter that went into the arcade machine was Oh, pocket yeah. time! <laughs> go in, go in through the little Honey, slot. I shrunk the kids. 1976. Yeah. Bicentennial year. Wow. <laughs> wow, oh, Polly Pocket isn't as cool sounding when you, when you it's a, it's share a, the story. Yeah, it's mostly just like, uh, what if uh, what if something full size was tiny? Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> whole show. It's also uh, the toy that it's like, damn, that's a choking hazard for everyone. Yeah, choking hazard, step on it hazard. Sure. Lose it hazard. Lose it hazard. Yeah. But man, they are small. Yeah. That, that's the whole pitch. That's I used to, yeah. you know, no, yeah. I was, yeah, there, yeah, there it is. <laughs> nice. There it is. <laughs> that's a teeny tiny little dollhouse. Oh, she's I just realized tiny. how mean that tweet is now. Like, these things are small. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it's like, uh, he's like a Tamagotchi. <laughs> that's even smaller, country, yeah. I guess. Maybe the girl in the photo that we're looking at is Joel Embiid's size, though. Maybe she's, <laughs> she's large. She's a giant. <laughs> it's a good point. It's all perspective. It's You're all right, perspective. Uh, It's a normal-sized dollhouse. It's just a very large little girl. <laughs> it, uh, so it sounds like Polly Pocket. Polly was doing – is there a character named Polly? Yeah. She was doing investigative work. Is it any <laughs> oh, relation yeah. to Penny? Inspector Gadget Penny? <laughs> I don't know. Their I don't think names start with P and end with Y. <laughs> it's hard, to, hard to tell. I'd have to check the uh, the expanded universe of Mattel toys. <laughs> Mattel. <laughs> they could be. They very well could be. It's amazing. They're still making them. I was going to say. Everything I, comes back, man. I, I, micro Machines still a thing? I used to love those being tiny. <laughs> also small. Yeah. I haven't seen Micro Machines. 
with a guy that talks all fast. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, great. Great guy. <laughs> great guy. <laughs> I was happy to see uh, – it was at your house a couple weeks ago. Um, uh, I forget what you called them, but like spinners that you do in the battle um, – Beyblades. 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 That's, but that's not what we called them like, I when I was a kid. what they were called. <laughs> it was called something else, I, I swear to God. I thought it was. They were. Yeah. Anyway, I was like, oh, yeah, man, these like, are still around. These are Battling great. tops. Is that different? I don't know. But it's yeah. the same thing. They smash into each other yeah. and they explode. <laughs> Games, man. Yeah. Those are not good to step on either. Oh, yeah. They, bra- they break all the time now. They used, to be, the they used to be strong. <laughs> yeah. They used yeah, to never probably, break. Now yeah. they break. Yeah, I've, we were I've talking heard, about I've that. heard people talk yeah. about it. I've heard people talk about people it. People are because talking. Because they, they know they're gonna, kids are going to break them, I mean, you just got to buy more. Yeah, Yeah, but they're supposed they're to break, though. What do you mean they're supposed to break? I mean, they're supposed to break apart yeah, in the ring, are. right? Like, you you battle them. See, I don't they, remember yeah. them back in our day, them breaking apart. It was like, we went to war in that arena. You're right. Last top <laughs> spinning, let's go. Yeah, but I now, mean, like you're saying, like things fire off them and stuff. I think yeah. that's the point. But our man Eshua was saying they're just cheaply made. Oh, yeah, that's who yeah. was saying it. Yeah, <laughs> everything you is. You want me to bring an arena in here? We can battle. Hell yeah! yeah. Probably well, we have can... one in this classic factory. Yeah, actually. probably oh, yeah. so. Probably yeah, so. this table. This table could be the Coliseum. Let's get it on. <laughs> We're a Beyblade podcast now. Live stream some Beyblade battles. <laughs> Lean into it. I like it. All right, let's call it there. Was it a classic? You tell us. We had a fade to black. We talked about Polly Pockets. Forgot about the fade to black. FTB. Got into the officials. Uh, I think it was a classic. But let us know if you're a podcast listener. Leave your boys a five-star rating and review. Coming up this Friday, in theory, five-star fun what do we call it five star friday five star friday february five star friday there you go so uh, get your five star ratings and reviews in and uh, you might hear them on uh, the drop podcast that uh, tk puts together there in that fun segment and if you are a subscriber or excuse me a viewer subscribe to no dunks on youtube and drop us a like we got a lot of people tuning in here on a monday love to see it so thanks for joining us live speaking of live no dunks tickets friday february 17th in Salt Lake City at the Urban Lounge. Go get them if you haven't already. That link is right below this. Whether you're listening or watching, click on it, get a ticket. Join us. Clever Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, and let's do it, JD. FTB. Uh, I can't do it now. We got stuff to show. Oh, oh today, people. <laughs> As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. 
Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. 